Hey, everybody. Just a quick note that this episode is being aired on a Monday because I think it's relevant and important. It's about educating schools on anti-bullying, mental health, and shooter drills. Um, so the relevancy is a big deal. I didn't want to wait until the end of May, which is when this was going to normally get posted. And I would have to move back everything, and that's a pain in the ass anyway. So any one-offs like these, I'll post on Mondays instead of me talking and uh, share them with you guys. So without further ado, let's let's kick it back to the regular format. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dopamine. This is your host, C-Note, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Rivera, bringing you the show that is like SpongeBob SquarePants, absorbent but impossible to deal with. What? <laughs> Today on the show, I have Juliet Lucero with me talking about her DJ career, um, which is more of a hobby these days. She talks about trance music and um, her work with that. It's more of a hobby these days. But also, mostly we discuss her work with Keenan and Associates. She works with them uh, as an employee. She works with them to help charter schools with anti-bullying programs and uh, shooter drills. And teaching staff and uh, teachers how to deal with the difficulty of the situation. Also, also talk about preventative measures. They do webinars and really get into the nitty gritty of the issues um, beyond the top level stuff, which is just, you know, gun laws and mental health. It is more specifically about helping people to understand each other, to understand that this is the reality of the unfortunate life that we live in, where it's a possibility and we need to look for the signs and educate our staff and basically everyone we can on how we can best prevent these disasters in the future. It's a very uh, productive conversation. We talk about uh, everyday kindness programs, how um, the anti-bullying stuff is, you know, they really go hand in hand. So it's a really important conversation, but we also have some fun uh, talking about music a little bit as well. So um, I hope you'll enjoy this one. I had a lot of fun with it. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Juliet Lucero. Drums, Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Aaron Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right, Juliet Lucero, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. From the wonderful West Coast, right? 
Beautiful, sunny Southern California. <laughs> Lovely place. I miss it. Uh, so I just um, wanted to kick it off by asking you to tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, what your focus is. Sure. Again, my name is Juliette Lucero, and I am an employee benefits consultant for charter schools. I've been working with charter schools since 2003, so quite some time. And I actually work for a company called Keenan and Associates. And Keenan focuses primarily on schools, public agencies, and healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. We're a full range insurance broker that provides employee benefits, consulting, risk management, financial services, and then we do a lot of our own specialized programs that we create specifically for the school, since that's what we primarily focus on. Right. Um, so what, what got you into this? Is this like a job that you kind of landed into, or is there some, some passion of yours associated with it? I don't think anybody really uh, strives <laughs> to be in insurance. Right, right. <laughs> So is there something you My dad was actually a, a farmer's insurance agent growing oh. up. Um, so he kind of was in the industry. So that's how I got introduced initially to the insurance industry. Right. I worked at his office on and off a little bit in high school, just out of college. I actually went to school for computer networking, but I knew by the time I was done with school that I did not want to do that for a living. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very polarizing so, career in itself. <laughs> so actually, um, you know, my dad ended up selling his agency when he came down with colon cancer. And I kind of was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, my previous boss reached out to me. She saw my resume online. She was actually looking for somebody who knew how to make a website for her small insurance broker mm -hmm. and also had some insurance experience. So that's kind of a rare <laughs> co <Yeah>. combination, <laughs> but I happen to have those, both of those uh, skills and knowledge. So I started working for her. Um, her company was called Regional Employee Benefits Council and she worked only with charter schools right. doing employee benefits. So I, I started out there and made her the website and kind of learned the employee benefits side of things. And that's kind of how I got, it, got started. And I really enjoyed working with the charter schools. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I've sent, since moved on from that company, but that's kind of where I, I started with the charter schools and the employee benefits realm back in 2003. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot, um, lot going on uh, there in terms of um, your your kind of growth leading. You know, you kind of learn to love this thing that you didn't really expect to fall into. Um, <laughs> do you have other Do you have other passions in life that you're kind of uh, playing with? I know you're you're a DJ, right? <laughs> yes, I. I do do DJ, and I don't do it as much today because now I have a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's, it's definitely something I enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a trance DJ. Some a lot of people don't even know what trance is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, how would you describe uh, it for people who don't know? I mean, I know what it is, but. Like. Well, trance music, it's a type of electronic dance music, but it's more on, it has a lot of classical elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I've described trance music as the most beautiful music on the planet, <laughs> the most beautiful <laughs> dance music on the planet. So. Right. You know, a lot of times it's it's the beats, it's the bass, but it also has the the beautiful piano or the classical instruments right. accompanying, accompanying it. Right. How do you find yourself uh, like exploring that amidst you know a job that is very much the opposite? Do you, uh, and you said you don't really do it as much anymore. Are you still kind of playing around like as a hobby? Is that something you continue doing? Yeah, and you know, when I was living down in San Diego, there was a time where I was starting to really play out a lot at a lot of the clubs down there in Gaslamp, mm-hmm. and in conjunction with doing my my regular employee benefits job. Right. And one one week I played out maybe three times in one week, and it was. It was a lot of work. I mean, I had to be up early in the morning for work the next day. And right. the music thing was becoming more of a job and it wasn't as fun anymore. And the, the music part has always been something that makes me happy, that is fun. And when it started becoming a job, it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good feeling and you want to keep it as something that you enjoy you don't want to ruin it well yeah because in my industry in the insurance industry it's a very stressful industry Mm so with having the music as just an outlet something to end the work week with that was much more appealing to me right because that was something that helped me relieve my stress and be a normal person instead of the stressed out <laughs> crazy yeah. person right i mean you know I, I i would argue that a lot of people don't see insurance people as people which <laughs> sounds terrible but but i mean like in the sense that it doesn't sound like it's a job that 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 often brings a sense of fulfillment for a lot of people or at least the general understanding so it sounds like that that balance uh, is important to make sure that you're, you're, you're doing something that is good for people, of course, but then something that's good for you in return, which is continuing to work on your music and stuff like that. Um, if that makes sense, that sounded kind of terrible, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I mean, I think it's important to have a, have something going on in your life outside of work that makes you happy. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you, you kind of spoke about, um, before we started talking, um, and, uh, well, actually one quick question before we go into more of like what you do and the insurance stuff, because I'm sure people are, um, chomping at the bit to hear that stuff. Um, I <laughs> want to, I wanted to ask you, are, are you putting out music or is it something that you just kind of play with? Do you have like a SoundCloud account or anything like that? I do. I mean, I have my website, julietstar.com. Mm-hmm. which I used to do live video broadcasts on a weekly basis. This uh-huh. was pre-baby, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've had a podcast. I've had SoundCloud, MixCloud, 
pretty much everything. But what I'm trying to do, since it's hard for me to do the live, um, you know, video broadcast for hours upon hours, like I did every Friday night in the past, I'm trying to just fit in a little bit here and there when I have some free time. So I am starting to dabble in some more music production stuff and I'm going to be starting to do more um, interviews of DJs because I've also in the past done some interviews, album reviews, track reviews. So that was a lot of fun um, to stay involved in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then maybe if I have time, do a little live video broadcast here and there. Right. <laughs> but primarily, you know, I think I'm going to try to do that maybe once a week. We either do an interview with a DJ producer or maybe it's myself playing some music for that day. Cool. Well, I mean, that sounds right on its own. So that's definitely, you know, it doesn't matter how, like how dense it is, you know, it doesn't matter that you're, I I think people put a lot of pressure of like, you need to be consistent. You need to keep putting a content, but if it's something that you're just enjoying, then there's really no pressure. Like you just do whatever you want to do and whatever's fun and feels good. So I think you have got, you've got the right attitude there with that. Yeah, it's definitely um, something I'm trying to reincorporate back into my life. And now my baby is very interested since I set up my equipment in my CDJs and mixers and he's pushing all the buttons and moving all the levers. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, he's going to start doing it in, in no time. You should just do a live stream where he's just pressing stuff and like I I do it in my group. I have like a little Facebook group. It's just my name, Juliet Star, uh-huh. and I did a little like quick 2-minute video clip of him doing that cuz he doesn't he doesn't stay interested in anything for very long. So Right. <laughs> it was about two and a half minutes that's funny that's really great i would watch that all the time (laughs) um so to kind of make a hard right here because i have no no, no good segue um we did mention in some of our conversations before we started uh talking here um that with some of the stuff that you're doing that some of this is it one school that you work with or multiple schools Multiple schools. So I I primarily work with um, charter schools throughout the entire state of California. Okay. Um, I've worked with schools in other states before as well, but my company primarily focuses in California. Yeah, so you mentioned... Two, two distinct things that I think are kind of interesting to talk about are um, anti-bullying programs and uh, shooter drills that you, that you guys work with schools on. Um, can, you, can you speak to those, particularly the anti-bullying one first? Um, uh, what, kind of, what, what kind of things do you do to, to help with that sort of program? Sure. So a few years ago, we decided to spend some money, our company, and give back to the schools, which we're always doing. We're very um, into social, corporate social responsibility, and we're always trying to give back to our schools. So one of the things, one of the programs we decided to invest money in a few years ago was our Everyday Kindness Program. Mm -hmm. So this program, it's actually an online tracking tool 
-hmm. that tracks acts of kindness in the classroom. Nice. And we developed it. We actually got the idea from the Anaheim school district and they decided one year that they were going to record acts of kindness throughout their school district at all their elementary schools. Mm-hmm. So what they were doing is they were just merely doing it on a Google shared document mm-hmm. and tracking the acts on this document. So over the course of the 2014-15 school year, they actually were able to record 1 million acts of kindness wow. in that school year at their, at all of their school dist- at all their elementary schools. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because they actually saw a, some, some things that they weren't expecting. Right. They saw reduction in school expulsions and, and suspensions. Mm-hmm. They saw a reduction in bullying and they got, it was so um, well-received and so um, unique what they did just by the fact of merely recognizing a kind act. They got the attention of the Dalai Lama. Wow. And he ended up coming out to their school and speaking to them. Wow. That's good. <laughs> I, wow. That's speechless. Like that's a, that's a huge, that's, a, that's that's important. That's a big deal. <laughs> I know it was, it was interesting. So um, our CEO is actually friends with the mayor of Anaheim and he got wind of this and he wanted to see, you know, what we could do mm-hmm. to bring this to other schools since we work with schools throughout the whole state. Right. So that's when we decided to create this platform that is virtually free of charge to the schools and we just give it to them to record acts of record the different acts. They can actually set goals. They can do it by classroom, by, by school site, and then they can do reporting and the reporting is very beneficial for their LCAP reporting that they have to do for the state. Mm-hmm. because one of the components of the LCAP is school climate and school climate um, can be measured with this kindness tool with the reporting that we provide. So right. it's been very successful. Um, I know, I believe we have almost, I think it's over 200 schools using it now. And our goal with this program is actually to record 1 billion acts of kindness. Yeah, go for it. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's that's rad because it sounds like it sounds like a way to both gamify and quantify data-wise, like you know, being nice to someone. Which I think for a lot of people are like, duh, it's common sense. You should be nice to people, but kids are jerks, and <laughs> you kind of have to give them incentives to be to be nice to each other. Um, and yeah bullying is a huge problem I mean, oh it's a massive problem and it's it's a good way to uh allow you know to, to gamify it to allow kids to like be nice to each other for um i mean i'm sure they 
uh, do the kids have access to this data? Like, are they keeping track of their own acts of kindness or is it the teachers doing that for them? It's primarily the teachers that are keeping, that are recording them, mm -hmm. but they have access on the website to view. They can do like featured posts, look at a picture if they want to do it, or they can just merely say, we did 50 acts of kind kindness this month. Right. So yeah, it's really up to the school and the teacher how in depth they want to get with it. Yeah, it really highlights the pride that a kid can have and and being good and um, and will kind of scare off the bullies, I imagine. And it seems to be working, so that's amazing. I wish we could do that with like the adult world <laughs> a little bit more in terms of like I don't know, like the news or something, because you always hear like plane crashes and death and murder and things like that. I would love to be to see more uh, like they call them fluff pieces of like somebody saved a cat today give him a gold star, <laughs> like, like more positive things. And, and I, I think we're trying to do that with, cause we also work with cities and I think we're uh, trying to somehow bring it into our, our cities now as well mm -hmm. and do this kind of like as a community project instead of just at the schools. Right. Because some of the ways that the, that the Anaheim district got involved with the community is they rewarded the schools um, if they met their kindness goals. Right. So Anaheim has the luxury of having Disneyland yep. in the city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Disneyland actually donated $1,000 to each school that met their kindness goal. Right. That's but, you know, if the, the city or the local community doesn't have that kind of money, um, the schools have also done things like they've had the local fire department come and bring the fire truck if they met their kindness goal. Yeah. I mean, there's incentives in every city. Every city has got its own thing. I mean, Disneyland is like the most extreme example, <laughs> but it's totally, you know, everyone's got its own thing. I'm sure that people uh, that you can utilize. Are you guys starting with like bigger cities or small towns? You know, it's all over the place. I have a few charter schools that are doing it, which are primarily smaller. And then we have large school districts that are involved. Right. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's good to get the community involved because you can teach kids to be kind or incentivize them to be kind. But then if they go home and their parents are jerks, like you're kind of undoing things. So you have to kind of help everyone to, to be nicer to each other, which is great. I think it's a fantastic program. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, one of the, the bullying, the, the problems at home. I mean, all of this kind of goes together, and that's why we're seeing, I think, maybe some more of these school shootings that are happening, unfortunately. Yeah, good segue, because <laughs> I was about to try to make that segue also. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is another heavy topic. I mean, bullying is a heavy topic, but it sounds like there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. And with school shootings, it seems, you know, there's a lot of hopelessness out there. It's really hard to feel like something's being done. Um, but I know that there are a lot of companies doing shooter drills. A lot of schools are doing it, too. Um, so what is uh, you guys' role in that? 
Well, like I mentioned, you know, we do all types of insurance for the schools, including, you know, liability insurance. Um, one of the big things we try to do at Keenan is prevent claims from actually happening. Right. So that's part of our risk management services. And we have a whole loss control department that goes out and assess the situation, um, see where you're at risk. Uh So some of the things that we provide to these schools is we do, we have our Keenan online safe schools training platform, which is virtually online training that we provide at no cost. They just have to be a client of ours. Uh And it has over 200 courses on a variety of topics, including, um, there's some, there's some active shooter trainings. There's some abuse prevention trainings. So the, the, the online trainings are a good, um, first step to get the, to give an overview to the staff. But then we also have, um, a retired police officer on staff who actually teaches the active shooter. Actually, they're, they're calling them active killer trainings now instead mm-hmm. of active shooter could be with something other than a, a gun. Right, right. So he actually will come on campus and teach the, the, the staff, the teachers on what to do in the event they had an active shooter or an active killer come onto their campus. Right. Uh, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that we have to do this sort of thing, but unfortunately it's also uh, part of the reality. Um, and, you know, it's a public publicish place and um, we, we got to consider these things. So um, in terms of, so what's interesting to me um, for the most part is the, the people aspect, you know, what tools can a teacher utilize to, recognize when you know a student or somebody in the building looks a little bit out of place or unhinged or anything like that um, which falls under the abuse prevention um, aspect that you talked about Um, is there any more depth that you can kind of go in with that like as to what you guys teach and how how you teach teachers to you know what what you teach the teachers to like to look for essentially yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I actually sat through the mini version of his training on the active shooter stuff mm-hmm. recently at one of our our all all state service meetings, because I had never experienced it myself. And he actually showed this this video of this these kids in in school, and you know they were writing notes back and forth to one another on this desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was like a, a cute little story. Um, and in the end, a shooting happened. And it was interesting because during all of this, and you weren't really paying attention, none of, none of us usually do. Right. You're looking at what's the more obvious thing. But in the meantime, while this whole story was going on, this whole storyline between the kids, you saw this other kid in the background with the cues that, you know, if, if a teacher or students were really paying attention, they would see those cues. 
and they right. would see that something was a little off. And unfortunately, with the, the one that just happened in Florida, it sounds like there was quite a bit of cues and even law enforcement called several times where a lot of this probably should have been prevented. Yeah. And I think it's more of just, you know, recognizing the cues to prevent it to begin with. And then, giving you know, them, Dean, Giving them tools to do something with it. Yeah. And then Dean actually goes into more detail on, on the active shoot, shooter training on what to do specifically in an event. Since, you know, he is a retired police officer. He, he knows all the tactical stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it sounds so easy to like talk about and, and, but at the same time, it's like, it's so hard. I imagine it's incredibly difficult in the moment to, to, to find those um, specific things, especially as a teacher, because you're kind of trained to like, just kind of get kids focused and, you know, like you were talking about with the, the, the note passing and stuff like that, that's something a teacher notices versus long-term subtle habits. It's kind of like the same thing as like an abusive relationship with adults, you know, between like a uh, husband and wife or something or, or something like that, where it's something that happens over the long term, And it's like really hard to see um, some of the little nuances that are affecting someone uh and and you just kind of get used to being in that scenario whereas with a kid i'm sure it's a little bit more obvious than that um but it's 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 not easy and it's good that you guys are doing what you can to teach uh, uh teachers and staff to be more alert for things because it's like one thing to just say that it shouldn't happen but unfortunately it is so we have to be diligent yeah, it is. And, you know, you know, my company is so committed to protecting our schools that we actually put together a school safety center on our website mm -hmm. that has resources that are free um, related to abuse prevention, bullying prevention, campus safety, um, all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, some of those online courses that I was talking about, oh, the over 200 courses that we provide our clients. Well, we have our whole abuse prevention center, which has about 10 courses online that we actually provide to all schools in California at no cost. You don't even have to be a client of ours because we believe you know, with between sexual abuse, bullying, all of this stuff, it's, it's so important that we just wanted to give away these courses to the schools. Right. I mean, it's, it's literally life or death. So that's pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, so with, um, with all of this active shooter stuff, do you guys get pushback from schools? Like, you know, oh, we don't want to, create paranoia in our school or we don't want people to be uncomfortable or anything. Do you get any kind of pushback like that from schools or is everyone pretty much on board? I mean, I have a school right now, one of my clients that I'm working with who was looking for something, but they weren't necessarily looking for the active shooter training because kind of more of a mental health issue that they're looking for it seems like some some counseling from a mental health professional right so you know I think each school is going to be a little bit different but 
Um, one thing that I'm actually looking into for them right now, because they don't have it, is an EAP program, because on an EAP program, and that stands for Employee Assistance Program, that provides telephone counseling. It usually includes some free face-to-face -face visits for staff. And in some instances, especially if there was a incident that happened on campus, it could be anywhere from, you know, a death of a coworker to a shooting. Um, they'll actually have a trauma response team go out and do counseling on, staff, on site for, for the staff. So there's a lot of different um, aspects to it. And I was actually in a training last week with um, Eric Preston, in our, who manages our loss control department. And they're actually now taking our active shooter training a step further and they're enhancing it. They're getting um, a mental health professional to write a whole nother um, segment to the course on the whole mental health aspect because it's more of just what are we doing what do you do in the moment it's what do you do to prevent it it's what do you do after it happens right and and the mental health aspect is um incredibly important because i i think it helps it helps to give people a better education as to what help mental health means because a lot of the times a lot of time mental health doesn't all equal violent you know it's it's usually like external things that leads to them becoming violent uh in a lot of cases and just to have someone be able to um both nurture people who are dealing with mental health issues but also teach those around people with mental health issues how to speak to them and how to uh, look at them and treat them because I think a lot of people get really shaken up when they hear someone has mental health issues and they're like, Oh, what do I do? How do I say, what do I, how do I get involved? <laughs> like, how do I help this kid who's having trouble or, you know, preventative wise, or even afterwards, everyone's quick to condemn um, outside of even, you know, the obvious stuff of shooting and killing and stuff. But if somebody does something a little bit out of line, you know, they're, they're kind of quick to condemn um, mental health sufferers. Um, there was a question formulating, but I lost it. <laughs> but I was just kind of ranting. Um, yeah, the mental health side is is important. Um, do you know anything about uh, what kind of contributions the mental health professional will be adding to, um, uh, to the curriculum, to the teachings, uh, in terms of preventative stuff? Um, I don't know yet because it's still in the works, but okay. I'm curious to see what how it evolves over time because it's definitely an important piece. Yeah. And I know it's not always, you know, some <laughs> the argument I've been seeing online over the past few weeks is, you know, some people say, you know, it's not a mental health problem. <laughs> Some right. people are saying it is a mental health problem. It's, it's just like the, the people fighting over gun control. It's people blame the guns. Some people don't blame the guns. Right. It's, it's, it's always going to be two sides of the story. Right. And the funny thing is, it's like, not funny, but you know, the funny thing is <laughs> that it's a little bit all of the above, you know, we have to take measures in all aspects of the situation and 
see what we can do. We have to protect our kids, protect our schools, um, do what we can to look at gun laws and see what makes sense and what doesn't. And then look at uh, mental health issues from both the person suffering from mental health and then the schools and people surrounding people with mental health to see if they're getting the proper treatment, um, which is why I think the anti-bullying stuff is important too, because, you know, bullying mental health issues uh, becomes a big problem and escalates. And so it's And if it's not a school shooting problem, maybe it's a suicide problem, which exactly. is big now in the schools, the, the suicide prevention. And, and that is also part of our, our um, free trainings that we provide to the schools because, you know, it's, that's a big problem too. The bullying causes a variety of problems. And we actually did a, um, a webinar last year um, responding on, are you familiar with the Netflix 13 reasons why? Yes. Yeah. So, so that was actually a very, very popular webinar that we did, um, responding to that because that's coming up a lot in school. It's, you know, it's kind of glorifying that suicide is this, this great thing. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. And, it, it's been a very polarizing, um, uh, conversation around that show because, uh, and if you don't mind me kind of throwing in my two cents, it's like, it's interesting because in a lot of ways it seems accurate, but in other ways, if you're not looking at it through the right lens, it is easy to see it as glorifying, especially for kids. Like they're not going to know all the nuances that the show is trying to portray. And they'll just say is like, Oh, this girl got hers and she killed herself and everyone else is, you know, uh, suffering the consequences. It's, it's, um, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because that, that was kind of my thought on it. It's like, it's really hard um, to yeah. look at that well, show. I know. And that's why we had this, um, this doctor on this webinar actually mm -hmm. outlined to the schools practical ways that they can respond mm -hmm. to or support, you know, the students that have watched this program. And it was a very popular webinar. I think it was our, our most popular yet. We had about, I think, 900 people register for it. Wow. It's pretty incredible. Well, it's an important, it's a big topic. And, you know, even in a situation like just now where you started talking about it, it like triggered me. And I'm like, oh, I got things. I got words to say. <laughs> I, feel like <laughs> I feel like everybody's been like that with that show. Um, and, uh, you know, it only makes sense that people would tune into that, especially with, you know, a professional speaking to it. I think we've had a lot of uh, a lot of armchair psychologists, including myself, uh, you know, trying to speak to the nuances and things like that. But nuance doesn't help everyone. <laughs> it's tricky. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this has been really great because it sounds like you guys are really doing a lot of good stuff, um, really capitalizing on, um, uh, in, in a positive way, um, what's going on in the world and, you know, not pretending it's not a thing, you know. I, I think that we went on for too long pretending like, you know, bullying is something kids should just get over and shooter drills are not something that should happen because it's scary for everybody. But 
it's a reality and we need to to start taking it seriously and uh, i think it's important that big companies like yours um are taking responsibility and helping in the ways that they can because it's good for the business of course but it's good for people and it's it's a win-win scenario um so and i always love to help the schools and provide them more resources, especially free free resources. The charter schools have a lot less resources than, than the school districts. So right. I'm always trying to reach out and help in any way I can. And that's why I've even created these charter school HR network meetings for the schools. And we train them on a variety of HR topics because they don't get that. They're, they don't have anywhere to go. So, yeah, and I think, you know, I think it's just... important to um, to to educate adults too. I think we put a lot of focus on kids that we need to take care of the kids, and we need to teach kids. But you know, teachers need to learn as well. Staff needs to learn. Parents need to learn. Everyone needs to grow and adjust uh, to the situation at hand. Definitely. Uh, and one one kind of last question. You mentioned thirteen reasons why. Um, webinar are are there other kind of pop culture um aspects that you guys are kind of utilizing or planning to utilize because i think i think that's a a smart way to get people interested in topics that was an obvious one but are there are there any others you guys are playing with yeah i mean definitely one of my coworkers does this great presentation on millennials Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was um He was hearing a millennial presentation at some of these conferences and being taught by maybe an old person in their 60s. (laughs) (laughs) The regular stereotypical bad things about millennials and Uh he was getting kind of offended. So he decided to put together his own presentation, Millennials from a Millennial's Perspective. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Uh, yeah. so, I mean, you know, we, we try to do, um, I put out these trending topic emails every couple of weeks and mm. it's sometimes it's, you know, employee benefits related, sometimes insurance related, or sometimes I'm going to be having one come out on active shooter in the near future. So depending mm. on what is going on in the news and the environment, we do try to incorporate that kind of thing as much as possible because it is a hot topic. Yeah. And it's important that we keep talking about it, even if we have little moments where people disagree, but you just got to be willing, willing to listen. I'm still working on that as well. I'm sure we all are. (laughs) And that's why I'm putting together a a presentation on employee communication. (laughs) Fantastic. I think it'll go well. It sounds like you guys are on the right track. It sounds like you're doing great work. Um, So I appreciate you being on the show and being able to talk about that stuff. I am very happy to be able to talk to you today. Yay. Um, So um, where can people find out more about what you're doing with the schools and more about your music and DJ stuff too? (laughs) Well, with the schools, you can go to my company's website, which is keenan.com, K-E-E-N-A-N.com. And we have all of our on-demand recorded webinars on there. So you could even watch that one on the Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn uh, under Juliet Lucero and on Facebook 
under Juliet Lucero. Mm -hmm. I have a charter school HR networking group that I run on Facebook for the charter schools. Nice. And for my music stuff, um, you can go to my website at julietstar.com. And I also have a Facebook page, Juliet Star, and on Twitter. Those are the primary primary areas that I am on on social media for, for my music. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely connect over that because I'm... I make like punk rock music and I actually just made like a dark trap song, which is kind of weird last nice. night. So once that's done, I used to be into, yeah, I used to be into punk and ska music before I found trance. So, Oh man, that seems like a natural I progression did. in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have some trap remixes of some trance songs, which are kind of terrible, but they're fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's part of the fun is like, oh, this is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, my hardcore trance lovers absolutely hate it when I play it, but I don't care. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's the point. You know, just have fun. Keep doing what you do. Keep, uh, keep loving the music. I'm going to check out your stuff. Um, and this chance for me to plug my stuff, uh, soundcloud.com slash swing for the fences is where all my pop punk stuff is. Um, if you want to listen to it or anybody else wants to hear it, it's just stuff that I play with. It's just like a lot of like garage band drums and then I record the other stuff. So uh, it's a good nice. old time. Uh, so uh, thank you again. I for- will definitely check it out. <laughs> yes. Thank you again for being on the show. I'm excited to, you know, I would actually love to do a follow-up in the future um, once those, uh, like the mental health uh uh, aspects of the uh, the write-ups and such the teachings go up maybe we can kind of break that down a little bit in the future that'd be rad yeah that sounds good cool well thank you again for being on the show i hope you have a good one thanks for being here and thanks for listening everybody all right bye-bye bye see ya Hey guys, if you want to be on the show, hit me up at anchor.fm slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, and send me a voice message. Let me know what you'd like to chat about. If you've got something going on in your life or in your past, or you have a friend or a part of your profession is helping people with mental health, or uh, you've just got something interesting you want to talk about, whether it pertains to business creativity, productivity, uh, really all aspects of life I'm down to talk about. And, you know, we can just have some lighthearted conversation and shoot the shit. It doesn't have to be anything heavy or anything like that. So uh, I appreciate your time listening to the show. And if you want to be on, just hit me up at Rival My Design on all social channels at Dopamine Podcast on Instagram. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need is for you to put me on to the recipe, yeah. Ooh, ooh, purple flowers, candy showers in the air. You who dance for hours as I watch from overhead. It's a my team, you got me going off your dopamine. Yeah, it's a my team, you got me going off your dopamine.